Hello and welcome back, or welcome to, depending on how long you've been listening to this. Uh, it's been about a year and a half since the last episode, but welcome to the Through the Seams podcast. I'm Kevin Fielder. I am your quote-unquote host. Again, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, I'm joined alongside three co-hosts, friends, Padres. No, not, not Padres. That's father in Spanish, so you are not the San Diego Padres. Anyways, uh, I'm joined alongside Jackson Hearts. Jackson, uh, I, I gotta ask. I really gotta ask. How are you doing after finding out that Julio Rodriguez can't hit the ball far enough? Um, I think I think I'm fine. He did, he he basically he didn't win the Derby, but he won the Derby. He didn't he's win the Derby though. So <laughs> it's whatever. He's a stud. Everyone knows it now. And yeah, agenda is uh looking good. How long till you go to the next prospect? Two weeks? Uh, <laughs> three years when Drew Jones comes about comes up. Ah, okay. Uh, so for anyone who is wondering why Drew Jones is now going to be a topic of conversation for the next three years if this podcast goes that long, is Jackson is unfortunately, I think, an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Uh, he has to unfortunately watch that team try and play baseball every single day. I don't think you actually watch him that often because I wouldn't want to watch him that often. They're, they're, yeah, they're kind of bad. Let's not talk about that right now. Let's talk about the farm. That's it. That's it. One <laughs> in doubt, talk about the farm. Uh, I'm also joined alongside, you, you've heard his laughter in the background now for a, a little bit here, Tommy Nowitzki, the only Mets fan that deserves happiness right now. Sorry, guys, but it's true. Thank you, Kevin. I'm um, happy to be back. It's been a while. Uh, hopefully, we'll keep it going this time. Ready no to talk some baseball. I'm also joined alongside, unfortunately, really, I think for all of us, Jake <laughs> Mauer. Who yeah, can't, can't pronounce a single baseball player's name properly, I don't think. Yeah, what's up, guys? Happy to be back. I think we spent more time talking about the baseball season during the pandemic, and then when the season started, we just stopped. <laughs> it's, it's good to um, good to finally talk about the season this time, and uh, we'll get into the, some different stuff. Again, I, I think I mentioned this like early on in the last one. I think we just made a terrible mistake trying to record a baseball podcast when there was no baseball. It would have been the equivalent yeah, of like much. trying to record this podcast during the lockout and trying to find something to talk about after a week. That would have been truly awful. Yeah, I feel like half but, it would have just know. been screaming into the void. But, um, <laughs> anyways, I, I guess there is no better place to start because as of recording this, it is July eighteenth at eleven thirty-two p.m. Eastern time, and the home run derby uh, has finished for a couple of minutes now, like a, a little bit of time to where the fact that it, like. It's not just a recent thing. I think everyone's now tweeting about the Derek Jeter documentary that I have no plans of watching. But, uh, Jackson, I know you watched the Home Run Derby. So let's let's get your initial thoughts. You already mentioned that Julio Rodriguez won but didn't actually win. Uh, but, but overall thoughts of the Home Run Derby now that it's been, I guess, like 30 minutes, I think has probably been about the, the time passed. Uh, it was pretty good. One, I mean, one of the better ones, to recent memory, because... Julio did a lot better than people expected, and even I expected, and he kind of was the one that ran the show, and then, so, yeah, he had put up 32 in the first round, obviously, and then the pools thing with Schwarber was, like, people were making fun of Schwarber, but it is, like, kind of cool at the same time, it was very funny, so that was entertaining, and then Pete with all his antics was pretty funny, but it was a, it was, I mean, it was a decent derby, like, Soto won, even though he, like, struggled pretty much the whole thing, but he did, he did end up winning, so good for him. Not gonna be a national soon, but 
we're not going to talk about that right now. But yeah, it was a pretty good derby. I, I, I just have to say, I think it is now a positive for Pete Alonso that he wasn't vibing after a kid towards ACL of it. In the uh, overall, glad. that is now beneficial for him. I'm just glad he lost to J Rod because if he lost to Acuna, I would have heard it, or I would have heard it. If he lost to Schwarber, I would have heard it. So you know, if he lost to Soto, definitely would have heard it. So you know, losing to J Rod is definitely the perfect way to go out if he wasn't going to win again. Is it safe to say that this home run derby and Jacob will we'll get to you? I, did did you watch it at all? I actually don't I did know. Watch, I, 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 yeah. I had money on it, so I did watch it. I won thirty bucks, so that was nice. Oh, you, you, you did bet on Rodriguez? Um, it, over two hundred fifty-one and a half homers. It was like two seventy. Oh. So that was I got oh yeah dangerously close to putting a lot of money on Schwarber to beat Pujols. I thought that was the lock of the century. Oh, well, it was not. So. Nope. Um, apparently, <laughs> what an embarrassment from Schwarber. How do you Looking lose back at Albert Pujols? That was, was he was my like. I thought him to win the whole thing at plus three thirty was good value. Nope. I thought win. yeah, I thought Schwarber had a real shot to win. But it all. couldn't even win. It's going to show up in his account in a few hours. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when the cash check, when, when when the cash hits, it all is fine. But no, yeah. uh, I want to ask now that we have kind of gotten initial thoughts out of the way. Was this home run derby the perfect showing of baseball's young talent in terms of just hitting and, and personality and knowing what baseball has sort of going for it at this point, if they don't ruin it completely? Was this the best showing for baseball's potential future, like, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, their their future talent that people will in theory, look forward to watching for the next 10, 15, however long they last. Was was this the perfect showing to just kind of introduce casual fans to some of these guys? Uh, I'll, um, I'll start with that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I thought it was pretty perfect. Um, I think this was uh, Julio's, like, really first, like, mainstream moment, obviously, playing coming in Seattle, party, you don't yeah. get the most press. Yeah. His coming out party. I obviously you know how good he is, but seeing him hit all those home runs, it's a, he must have hit like seven, eight in a row in the first round. So you could see what type of player he, he is. It's nice to see the young talent. It's nice to see Pujols get through the second round. You got uh, you know, a veteran that we've been watching our whole lives doing well, and rookies that we'll be watching for the next twenty years. So I thought it was uh, put together pretty perfectly. I, I mean, I really didn't have any complaints besides Pete losing, but. You know, can't win them all. I, I really enjoyed it this year. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say on that. Jackson, do you want to continue off that? Do you have any? Uh, yeah, I agree. Because I feel like I feel like Rodriguez at the point right now. He's like not as known as obviously like a Tatis or Soto. People know who those guys are, and even Acuna. So this is perfect to like make him known, and like so people will see like okay, so he's just like those three, and obviously Tatis is hurt. I think he probably would have done it if he wasn't hurt. But yeah, I think it, I think it was pretty much perfect. This is what Tommy said. Jake, do you have anything to? Add yeah, on? I mean, even from like the final stand, like a twenty-three-year-old facing off against a twenty-one-year-old, just those two, and yeah, like kind of like you said before. Now I think everyone knows how good Julio Rodriguez is, and you look at his stats; he's having a great year. We'll obviously get into that um, further into the episode. But I, it was a very fun derby to watch, um, other than Schwarber, but. Um, and J-Ram. J-Ram was kind of embarrassing, but no, I think it was eight really good participants, and it was very fun to watch, for sure. I will say, I, I think that 
I tweeted this before, I think, in a, in a, in a reply to another view or whatever. I think that this may have been my favorite overall home run derby since the Josh Hamilton derby from, like, 08, I, I think was the year. I don't remember the exact year, but it was one where you just hit, like, 95 home runs and everyone just no, watched it. Yankee Stadium? Yeah, the, the, the one where you just hit, like, 65 nukes out of out, out of a field or whatever it was. You, but like, you think this one was better? Sorry, Rob, you think this one was better than the one in Miami a few years ago? I don't honestly remember the one. I'll that be brutally was, that honest. The, that was the judge one, and the year before that was the stand yes. one in San Diego. I, I think, though, that just in the overall gr- landscape of, like, where baseball stands and what they need, being able to market the potential young stars, uh, Julio, Juan Soto, P- Pete Alonso, those guys who, like, you're going to almost need to carry you in some markets. I mean, Seattle will almost need to rely on Julio Rodriguez at points to sell because he's going to be that big of a player, I believe, and I think Jub- uh, Jackson, you believe as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, Pete Alonso, obviously in New York. Juan Soto, we don't know what's up with him in the next year, let alone like <laughs> two weeks, honestly. But just like in theory, it's the perfect place for you to be able to showcase your young players and and give them more personality than just being the the last name on the back of a jersey. Uh, I I hope though that the MLB is able to build off this, and I, we'll we'll see how the All Star Game looks tomorrow. And I. I hope that they're able to build off this in the all-star game in specific because that's going to be kind of the next big step is being able to market these guys in actual game setting uh even if it is the all-star game but i i do think this is now the perfect time to go after what jacks or what jake had kind of previously mentioned that we're going to talk about julio rodriguez i assume uh and we'll, we'll start off with the actual topic of this episode which is the uh, mid-season awards uh, I think we're doing what MVP, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and then am I missing coach, one? manager, yeah. Yeah. manager? I I feel like those that that last one will be somewhat self-explanatory. But um, I guess we'll start off with the AL because it's easier that way. Uh, MVP probably one of two options, right? Jackson, I, I guess we'll start with you. One of two options, I assume. It's Shohei Otani. Yeah. He's just, he's doing it again, like. His numbers are insane. He's pitching better than he even was like last year. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the average, but he has the OPS. He has bombs, drives in runs, steals bases. He's the most talented player in the game by a mile. It's it's Otani again for me right now. Jake, I mean, I'm obviously going to go with Aaron Judge. Um, <laughs> hitting 284, 33 homers, 70 RBIs in the midpoint of the season. OPS up to 983 with an OPS plus of 177. He's been very valuable to the Yankees, so um, I think he'll win the MVP, um, hopefully, um, for the first time in his career. Should have won it back in uh, 17, I think it was. So yep. now he'll get it the first time. Tommy, I feel like I can project your answer from a mile <laughs> away. I, I feel like it's it's... Is it who I think it is? And man, I could not be happier for Jackson to say Otani so I don't look like the bad guy because it is Shohei Otani. <laughs> you know, yeah, last I... year he had the amazing... Yeah? No, go go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. Last year he had that amazing season at the plate where, yeah, I mean, he hit... I, I think he hit 50 home runs over uh, 150 OPS plus. And then he brought on the mound too, a, a little bit north of a 3 ERA, but still great. This year, he kind of flipped it around. Now he's nearly a Cy Young candidate while also having an OPS around 130. 
So it's really sick to see a player that could do it like this on both sides. I, I can't imagine if he put one of these seasons together where he could bring it on the mound and at the plate like he's done at the plate last year and at the uh, mound this year. You know, super fun to watch. I think he's definitely the most valuable player in baseball. And I'm so interested to see the contract he gets next because I think it could be upwards of $55 million a year. Okay, so we'll, we'll, I, I actually do want to go back to that Otani contract thing at, at, after I make my prediction. But I, I do think it's between Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani. I think Aaron Judge has been... Obviously, he's been the better bat. Uh, he's got like a 170-something uh, WRC+. plus. He's just insane at, at the plate. But I, I think it's got to be Otani with the way that he's been pitching. And the fact that he still hasn't been as good as he was last year in terms of hitting, but he's still been not only above league average, but still like really good at hitting. A, a consistently a really good, good hitter. Yeah, I mean, he's been like a consistently really good to really good hitter at times. Um I do want to go back to that contract thing real quick. Just just real quick, is that contract with the Angels? Or does he test free agency and try and go somewhere else? He has an ounce I, of a brain cell. He should leave LA. Yeah, there's no way he resigns. I mean, it just doesn't uh, make sense. Uh, I think he should leave. I don't think he goes to the big market, though, to be honest. But I don't, I don't know who else pick like. I don't. He won't go to New York. He's ready. Said like it's. He didn't go to the Yankees because of that. And like Mets. I mean, not as big, but still pretty big. So then what? Like what? The Dodgers? Maybe the Blue Jays. Uh, that makes sense to me. The, the I think he wants to stay on the West Coast. Maybe yeah, the Braves. Yeah, he probably does because if I remember correctly, back when he was a free agent and he was sort of marketing himself at that point, he was going on all those visits. It was. Really, his final like three or four teams were all kind of West Coast teams. I think it was San Francisco, the two LA teams. Was it Seattle or something or San Diego or one no, of those other the teams? Yankees. Was the Yankees? Was it the Yankees? It, it might have been yeah, the Yankees. I, yeah, I, I don't remember specifically, but I feel like it'll probably be on the West Coast. Uh, if I was the Angels, I'd try and lock him up now before he before he realizes what's going on there. But. Uh, yeah, I think it's between Otani and Judge, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see who wins that at the end. Uh, kind of feel bad for Jordan Alvarez, though. Could <laughs> he spit hitting? Yeah, I mean, if, he, if he literally could field like for an ounce of his life, he'd be MVP easily. I mean, yeah, he's batting three oh six. He's got what twenty six home runs, sixty RBIs. He's just been. I, I don't want to say anything too outrageous, so please correct me if I'm wrong. The best hitter in baseball at this point, just out there. Oh, yeah, yeah he has been. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Also, one more thing. I think if you told me like two weeks ago who's MVP or asked me that, I'd probably say Judge. But since he had that big cold streak and his average, like I get average is the only thing. But if he was still hitting 300 like he was and doing what he's still doing kind of, then I think he'd be MVP. But right is now – Is he at 270 now? He's no, at 284. He's back up to 284. Which is yeah, really saw, good. I saw he's down in the 270s. Yeah, and it's really not knock on Judge. But yeah, Oakney just bringing it on both sides of the plate. I mean, both sides of the field is just, like, insane, obviously. Yeah. I I think this will be the only consensus pick, maybe. Uh, th- I think there may be one or two more after this, but... Rookie well, of the Year in the AL... So it's not consensus. Yeah, well, this next one is going okay. to probably be consensus. At least I hope so. Rookie of the Year in the AL is Julio Rodriguez, right? I, d- does anyone disagree yes. with that? Nope. Yep. No one disagrees. Uh, Jackson, since you are Julio... 
fan number one, uh, please give me the why Julio Rodriguez is going to be the next greatest baseball player of all time, even if you don't think he will be. Because he can literally do everything. And that's pretty much it. Like the numbers, 275, 135 WRC plus, 16 homers. Uh, how many RBIs are these guys in? Sorry, one second. He's it's 52 in. RBIs. 52 yeah, 52 RBIs, 21 stolen bases, one of the best fielders in the game. This is, it's like, it's always seen with Acuna, almost with a Soto, like five tool player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just complete. He's just a complete player. Uh, so since no one has any objections to that, it's I feel like it's just natural to go to Cy Young. I don't know if this one will be consensus. I feel like there are at least two names, maybe three, depending on who else you think. Uh, we'll start again with Jackson. Who's your AL Cy Young as of today? Trey McClanahan. Yeah. Okay. Easily. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have numbers pull up right now. Maybe one of you can pull them up, but I think it's just easy. I have Shane McClanahan. Yeah, I, I have it right now. He's ten and three with a one point seven one ERA, three point eight WAR. He's got one hundred forty seven strikeouts in one hundred ten innings. His his WHIP is point seven nine. So yeah, and, and his only his second season as well. And of course, All Star Game starter at this point, which doesn't mean anything whatsoever. But it is still <laughs> twenty six round pick. Get to that later, but it, it is good to see that he is did get. Uh, what's that? The he was a uh, Mets draft pick. Was he? What? Oof. Drafted yeah, by the Mets in the twenty sixth round, unsigned, and then the Rays took him. It's oh, like and yeah, that's tough. Um, also, going back to rookie year, shout out like Jeremy Pena. Very like very good year, but obviously Julio's just Julio's gonna win it. But yeah, Julio yeah. will be him. Uh, and then we'll go to Jake. Is yours McClanahan, or do you have someone else? I agree, but I don't think Verlander is that far behind, and I think he deserves a shout as well. Twelve and three with a one point eighty nine ERA. His WHIP is point eighty seven. Uh, not as many strikeouts as McClanahan, but he's also been stellar this year, and he's thirty nine years old. And he's doing this, so I think he deserves a shot. But at, in the end of the day, I think it's going to be McClanahan. Ami? I, I don't really have anything to say. Uh, I'd repeat exactly what Jake said. Great year by Verlander, but McClanahan's been a lot trick this year, so going with McClanahan. But it's going to be a good McClanahan. race to the end. McClanahan's 39 more strikeouts than him. <laughs> in in like, yeah, one more, in, in one more innings hit. <laughs> uh, I, I will yeah, say he... This guy doesn't have the innings pitched, and he doesn't have like a terrific season when you look at just base numbers. Uh, but one thing that did stand out to me is that Kevin Gosman has a 1.85 FIP, which is, I think, the best in baseball among starting pitchers. So he has been good, but again, it's going to be, I think, McClanahan or Verlander. I, my guess is McClanahan. He's my pick for signing as well. Uh, let's go over to the NL. MVP... Is it consensus? I, I have a name who I think it'll likely be, but I don't know if it's consensus yet. Jackson? Uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. 330, 20 homers, 184 WRC+, OPS over 1,000, like, plays good defense. Yeah, he's it right now for sure. Jake, do you agree? No, absolutely. What I mean, he's thirty four years old. He's gonna be thirty five in like a month. I mean, what he's doing this year, WAR up to four point eight. He's hitting three thirty. His OPS is 
um, 10.04. Um, and then, at, like, at the start of the year, my, like, after, like, two weeks of the season, my MVP pick was his teammate, Nolan Arenado, and he's having a great year as well, but Goldie just had an insane run after that. He's still going, so, yeah, it's got to be him. Nolan Arenado is having, I think, arguably one of the best defensive seasons I've seen from a third baseman in a long time. I, I He's been, like, damn near perfect. I don't know what his like actual stats are, but he's been damn near perfect at third base. Um, Tommy, do you have Goldschmidt too, or do you have... Uh, yeah, yeah I also got Goldschmidt. Uh, crazy comeback year after looking like he was starting to decline uh, right back into where he was uh, in his prime in Arizona. Yeah, um, it looks like he's going to run away with MVP. What a great season after looking like it was coming to an end. Is there any yeah, other trade. player that yeah, would we get in that trade? <laughs> no one. Don't even want to talk. Don't. No. All right. <laughs> We're not going to bring up past trauma. Uh, but <laughs> is there is there anyone else who at any point could be a close second in this race? Like at the end of the season? Um, is there yeah, any, I think for sure. If, if Machado keeps it up, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's exactly where I was going to go. Machado's having a great year. And After that, he, though, Freddie's I mean, having a great year too. Trey Turner, Pete Alonso's up there, especially against the yeah, 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 I think Pete Alonso's definitely third. I'd say. I mean, he's got seventy five. He's got seventy five rubies. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so there are options, but I think it'll probably be Goldschmidt still if he can keep yeah, up absolutely. anywhere close to the success that he's had in this first half of the season. I can't see. I can't foresee anyone else. Just got to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, if he stays healthy and kind of plays at a similar pace, I don't think he needs to be, like, as good. But if he even plays at somewhat close to a similar pace, it'll be damn near money for him. But uh, this one, I think, will actually have some different choices. Rookie of the year in the NL, Jackson, we'll start with you. I do just kind of want to see where everyone is before I say mine. I have not figured out mine yet, so can we start somewhere else? Okay, I'll... Or, Tommy, you're going to go. Yeah, that's me. I'm going Michael Harris. Um, great season for the Braves, unfortunately for me. Um, at only 21 years old, youngest player in all of Major League Baseball, batting 283, uh, eight homers, OPS at 122. He's been really good this year, batting at the bottom of the Braves lineup. I'd love to see him move up a little bit, playing a really good center field also. So um, that's my pick. I was between him and Strider, his teammate, but. Um, Oh, I like what Harris brings to the table a little bit more. So I'm going with Harris. Jake, do you have yours, or do we need to go to? Yeah, no. I would say like about a month ago, I think the consensus was Mackenzie Gore, and I guess like I looked at the stats, he's four and four, the four point thirty three ERA. So I guess he is no longer the favorite, and I I would also go with Michael Harris. OPS up to eight sixteen, like Tommy said, um, and he definitely should. Be up in the lineup more, probably ahead of Robbie Cano. Um, he was like behind <laughs> him a few weeks ago. Yeah, only twenty-one. I mean, I would go between him and Strider, absolutely. All right, Jackson, do you have your choice, or do I need to start? Uh, yeah, Strider for sure. I totally forgot about him. He's been a stud this year. Three around three year array, seven innings pitch, one hundred fourteen strikeouts and seventy four innings pitch is pretty insane. He's averaging thirteen Ks per nine. He's a pretty decent fit. Yeah, he's he's been really good. Brace got another great pitcher. Yeah, I I think it's between. Uh, I had kind of had it in my mind that it was going to be a two 
horse race between them. And it is almost fitting that we're split on here because I also have Strider for, for basically every reason that Jackson has said. But he's also been, I think, uh, arguably, like, honestly, at some points, have been probably the most reliable pitcher. Uh, they, they've been have to have a great staff, but he's been really reliable and really good. Uh, Brandon Donovan has also been really good just off a off a tangent, but there's no way he's it with and, Harris and Chris Morrell too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's awesome. There's a few guys who I think are playing really well for rookies that just don't have a chance because of the Alex success Thomas. that Strider and Harris has had. I'm just gonna quick shout out O'Neill Cruz, Jackson yeah. Linsky. Those two are sick. I love watching them play. But Swinsky's batting yeah, like 170 though. Race. I, I just looked at like Swinsky's batting like so 170, much. but he just hits nukes, so I love him. He hits bombs. I love watching Swinsky play. And he plays pretty. He is hitting 198, but it says he is hitting league average. His OPS plus is at 100, so only I am going to look so... this up real quick because I feel like he fits something I have been workshopping recently. And if he doesn't, I will just shut up and never talk again. All right, nope, he is not Dan Vogel back 2.0. All right, continue. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but no, I've know, just been works. No, sorry, just real quick. I've just been workshopping something that, like, all the fat first basemen are like the best players in baseball, just because they're so much fun to watch. Anyways, Pete. Jackson, continue. If you want, I was gonna say, I think, I think, not, I think not, Nolan Gorman, not, not Uvoit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nolan Gorman can end up winning it by the end of the year, but we'll see what happens. Gorman too, I think, is probably up there. Um. I'm going to go last for Cy Young regardless because I, I have to say something on this. So Jackson's NL Cy Young. Uh, Sandy Alcantara. It's, uh, I, I don't think this is a debate. Like, people could say Gonsolin, Corbin Burns. Rodon actually having a really good, good year too, but Alcantara yeah. with the innings pitch, all the stats. Like, he's, he's a workhorse. And like, we haven't seen, I haven't seen this like, recently. Like, guys, this, like, these type of guys in this many innings and he just does it successfully. He's so good. The fact that this dude isn't starting the All Star game is straight, straight up yeah. criminal. I mean, obviously my pick. I just I I don't I don't really care about the All Star game who starts it, but like Kershaw starting over him is is borderline ridiculous. Because of LA, I think it is criminal. I mean, he is. Clint Kershaw has had a good season. Let's not act like he hasn't had a good season, but. The way that Sandy Alcantara has been pitching this year has been flat out miles above everyone else. In, or not miles, but above everyone else in the NL. And if you are playing an all-star game in the effort of rewarding players who have been the best at their positions or the best overall, then why is the guy who is the best pitcher in the NL not starting? I get it. haha, ha, LA. Let's have Kershaw start. But... First of all, you should be using a game like this to market your stars, but whatever. Uh, Tommy, do you do you also have Sandy Alcantara? Or do you have? Sandy? Yeah, yeah, no doubt in my mind. Um, what a great season he's having! Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Unfortunate that he's been going against my Mets so much, but you know, every time he's on the mound, you know he's throwing at least seven innings and he's given up less than two runs. So, um, yeah, really reminds me of Degrom. Uh, so hopefully we'll see him back soon. But um, yeah, great season by Alcantara. He sh- obviously should be starting that um, All-Star game. Unfortunately for Alcantara, he has to play for the Marlins, who have just yeah, one of the worst, worst offenses I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, 
like my problem with him at starting is okay, they're doing they're playing Kershaw or starting Kershaw because it's in LA and like yeah, a lot of like fans like it, it will get eyes to the game, but like my argument for that is like start Alcantara so people that don't know him because I bet you there's a lot of people, especially casuals that are gonna watch the game that will not know who he is. Yeah, start him so you will know like. When he comes in, like, in the second inning or third inning, whatever, because he will, probably, like, if I'm a casual fan, I bet you the casual fan will just look at him like he's just like, oh, he's just he's just some random pitcher that's having a really good year. He's not, like, a star when he is a star. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just annoying to me. I think it is, it is very clear how good he is when Marlins fans, who a lot of Marlins fans, from my understanding, love Jose Fernandez. Uh, I just just straight up love him. I mean, there's they worship him, which we we can get into the things of that later. But just in no, the sense of like, that. they they okay. worship him at a completely different level. They think he is taken too too uh, taken too short, whatever life life taken too short, whatever. Uh, but when they are, are Marlins fans on my Twitter page or on my Twitter timeline, who are making a very clear argument that he is better Sandy Alcantara is better than Jose Fernandez that should show you how good he is because this guy is going to legitimately be an awesome Yankee in six years <laughs> meet Matt <laughs> Boyce because again the Marlins have one of the worst offenses I have ever seen they cannot hit yeah, the ball I, I was just about to say I looked up the OPS pluses of this lineup and there's Three above 100, and then the rest is below average. Jacob Stallings is a 37. Can I guess that's the three? Awful. That's, that's, that's someone I wanted the Yankees to get, and I'm obviously very happy that we didn't get him. Obviously, he's great defensively. But, Real quick, I mean, Jake, can I guess the three who are above 100? Yes. Is it Garrett Cooper, Jazz Chisholm, and Nick Fortz? No, it's Brain. Oh, it's Brain Anderson. Brain Wait, Anderson. Good. I thought he's been awful. No, he's actually been pretty good recently. Yeah, he's, he's been, been pretty good. Oh, it's at, uh, it's at 114. He's hitting 262. So he's actually been pretty solid. Oh, so he's seen stuff? With the Marlins, so he could trade. Birdie's up too, like, but uh, he's on the IL, so it didn't count. You see the rumor? I don't think it's a strong rumor, but, that, like, but then they might trade Jazz because the players in the team don't like him. It's like, dude, how about you trade the players in the team that don't like them? <laughs> don't like them. Like, yeah, I... I feel like in the larger sense of, like, if I was building a baseball team and my choice was bad hitters or Jazz Chisholm, I would take Jazz Chisholm 100 times out of 100. Off-season yeah, I mean, signings just went so poorly. I mean, Garcia and Solaire. I mean, again, I, I can tell you why it went wrong. Because Kim Ang figured out that and it's not just Kimming, but the entire Marlins organization figured out that they had two real big weaknesses, and that was bullpen and center field. They needed a center fielder, they needed a bullpen arm. Uh, well, they didn't sign a fountain out center fielder, they signed Jorge Soler and Avi Sal Garcia to try and play center field. Then realized that Jesus Sanchez cannot play center field if his life depended on it. Uh, just terrible fielder in center field. Uh, and then they yeah. didn't trade for or sign a Big name bullpen arm until right before the season started with Tanner Scott. I don't know how good he's been, but Sorry. you would just think that if you were a team like Miami, where they are sort of close to the playoffs, like they're sort of close to competing for a wild card spot with the talent that they do have and the, the pitching talent, the starting pitchers that they have, Sandy and these other guys are really good baseball players. 
you would think that if you had this sort of core already set in place, your priority would be trying to get other players to help you compete for the playoff spot now, as opposed to holding off and not spending that much money on these guys. They spent money on Avi Garcia. He just has suck. <laughs> I I don't know that. I thought that was be yeah, I mean, Well, he you know. Yeah, I thought he's gonna be really good. He's been too. bad and so I thought I thought the Marlins rebuild was over. I wasn't ready to go over. that far, but no, definitely I, not. <laughs> I thought I the Marlins pushing second in that lease over the Mets. So yeah, I thought it was over. <laughs> uh, I think what the Marlins gonna, I think what the Marlins are gonna do this off season is what they should be doing where it's like, okay, they keep drafting pitching because you should always draft pitching because what organizations need to do is you draft pitching and then when you have a plethora of it, you trade pitching for like good bats. That's what you yeah. do. And look, and they've done it before. Oh, the gallon jazz trade. Look how that worked out for them. I think they're going to do yeah. that this off season with one of their guys and they'll be in a better spot for sure. But I don't know. They're a weird like- team. In a sense, they have the assets, and I'm not going to say this is going to happen, so anyone who's listening to this, don't clip this and go, this is what he thinks is going to happen. They have the assets to probably be as competitive as anyone in a Juan Soto trade. No. But they well, just won't pay him. Also, Juan Soto probably doesn't want to go be a Marlin. But just just yeah, like in the sense of like pure assets, they probably have the starting pitching prospects to compete with pretty much any team. Far oh, oh yeah, actually, yeah, Yuri Perez, you're right. Yeah, yeah he might be right. Perez is having a great year. And, uh, yeah, he's the best pitcher prospect in baseball. <laughs> Forgot about him. Yeah, like Meyer, they could, Meyer got called up. They could, in theory, throw a whole bunch of these guys and get him or Brian Reynolds or whoever the hell they wanted. Uh, but that those trades should have been done last offseason. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, I oh, I did miss this real quick, so just real quick. Uh, AL manager of the year, coach of the year, uh, Jackson. Uh, I had, like, I mean, mm, I'll go Dusty Baker. I think the Astros, like, they lost Correa, they lost some other guys, and then part of it's the signings, but, like, they just play such good baseball, in my, in my opinion. It's, well, obviously, they play such good baseball. And he just... Pulls on the right strength for them. I think he's a perfect manager for them. So I'll go him for right now. Um, Jake, real quick. Uh, I'm obviously going to go Aaron Boone. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy has kind of Falefa as a shortstop. Joey Gallo is a left fielder. Aaron Hicks playing, even though he's been good recently. And he's led this team to a 64 and 28 record. We, me and Jackson, notoriously known for complaining about Boone constantly. We really haven't been complaining about him this year because he hasn't made any like crazy boneheaded decisions. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd go him for now. Tommy, I feel like you're not going to choose Aaron Boone. Why do I think that? Surprise! It's Aaron Boone, motherfucker. Um, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all Yankee fans are calling for his heads the last couple of years. Not heads, his one singular head. And, um, you know, he's brought this team to a really good spot this far into the season. Um, from what I heard throughout the past years, he was the worst manager in baseball and needed to be fired. And now the Yankees are by far the best team in the league. So, uh, got to give it up for Boone. I'm in Aaron Boone's success. I also have Aaron Boone. Uh, NL, Tommy, we'll start with you because I feel like I know your answer, but you did surprise me last time, so. No surprises this time. It's yeah. Buck. Um, 
I really feel like we got a steal at manager just um, over the last couple years since Terry Collins, really. The man, uh, the Mets have just gone through shitty manager to shitty manager. Mickey we Callaway. finally have yeah, Mickey Callaway, Luis Rojas. You know, we got it all. He's a great third base coach, though. We battled. Yeah, we battled. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we got an old school manager who plays – or uh, makes the players play the game the right way and um, led the Mets who have obviously struggled with uh, the last couple of seasons and they've come out and are I think 24 games over 500 at the all-star break better than I could have ever imagined missing Max Scherzer for seven weeks missing DeGrom for the entire year dealing with a bunch of injuries Bucks got him at a great point and um, I definitely give him manager of the year at this point Jake. Yeah, I don't need to explain any more than he did. I think it's clearly Buck. Yeah, it's a Buck clean sweep, I think. Unless yeah. you have something else. No, it's actually that. Gabe Kepler. No, I, I, Little League offense doesn't deserve Don Mattingly. Right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the top prize yeah. of him winning at Hell Manager of the Year would just surprise me. Or would just make me laugh because of how bad he's been at making decisions at points this year. But... Um, I guess if any of you guys have, I don't know if we all have it because this was sort of a late edition, but if anyone has players that they're looking forward to watching the second half of the year. Yeah, I, I picked up um, two, I'd say, underrated guys. Um, do you want me to go first? You please do, Jake. For the AL, I ha- I know he's in the All-Star game as a replacement, but Andres Jimenez is having a very good season. Good um, job, Al. 296. Yeah, nice trade. Uh, <laughs> 296. <laughs> 10 homers, 43 ribbies, 835 OPS. Um, don't know really the advanced stats, but um, he's in the All-Star game for a reason. So, very excited to see how he grows. How old is he? Let me double check. Probably probably not older than 24. I think he's 23. He is 20. Okay, no, I can't read. He's 23. Um, I thought it said yeah. 21. Like, that's not right. Let's say he is not 21 years old. Really, not no, 21. no. Yeah, he's 23, he's still very young. And everyone like thought Rosario was like some people thought Rosario was a steal of that deal and he's like not not good at all. Um so it's a good thing. Like I know in like the pandemic year he kinda broke out for the Mets and then last year Jimenez kinda struggled, but now you can see he's he's a really good ball player. For the NL, I have another middle infielder. I have Dansby Swanson on the Braves. Um two ninety four, OPS up to eight thirty four. What'd I say? Yeah, I don't know if he's underrated, but I, I, I am looking forward underrated. to seeing how he continues this season. I, I mean, I he's not an all-star, so I'd call him underrated. I yeah. think that's fair. Uh, Jackson, do you have anyone? Oh, I thought he, I didn't know if he's done explaining. No, no, I mean, he's having a really good season. Um, nothing really else to, to it. He's having a really good season is what we've learned of Danzy Swanson. Uh, Jackson. I'll go the yeah, AL. I'll go Bobby Witt. I think he's having a really good year as a rookie. To be honest, thirteen homers, forty RBIs, with seventeen stolen bases. Not torque. I think. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna get into torque right now. Some of it's not his fault, but yeah, we're not getting into that right now. Uh, not a terrible OPS at all. Like seven forty, I think, around that range, and one hundred seven WRC plus played your defense. I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. I think he's been really underrated this year. And then NL, I, I'll go, I'll go by, I'll go Christian Walker. 
I think he's been really good this year. I mean, he's not hitting well. He's not hitting for average, but he's hit 22 bombs with 46 ribbies, and his he has 115 WRC plus sitting in the derby. But they had old Albert in there. Whatever, not going to talk about it. <laughs> old Albert, uh, one yeah. round. Uh, yeah, pretty good year for Kristen. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably beat his career high in homers. He's at, I think it's at 29. He's at 22 right now. He better. I mean, yeah, bearing something completely wild, he should get to 29 in like 50 games. Or 7 in 50 games. It, I mean, You never know. Yeah, unless he has like a Chris Davis sort of like slump. He should get to that point. Even if he has Chris Davis slump, he should hit. Anyways, uh... Jackson, do you just want to say I think you were the most upset human being alive that Albert Pujols was in the Derby? <laughs> I am. How? Oh yeah, I did you just seem upset about it. You just seem upset about it. I did say it in the chat a little bit, but then I was like, even Schwarber, look at like, Schwarber, stunk, stinky. Get him out of here. I don't know, dude. Schwarber was obviously hitting very hard hit singles to look right field. That's about all he was doing. Who you got? Who you got? I'm actually interested to see this. Um, in the AL, I got Jonah Heim, catcher for the Rangers. Really a breakout nice season out of nowhere. Thank you. Uh, 120 OPS. Um, he's hitting some bombs. He's got 12 on the year. Um, yeah. Uh, I think he would be really um an underground player for the casual baseball fans. So um, I'm going Jonah Heim, and then of course I got to pick a New York Met. As my underrated player in the NL, does anybody have a guess? Luis Guillorme. It actually isn't Guillorme, but that would have been a better pick. Nemo. I already got. No, Nemo was also going to be my pick. I'm going David Peterson. Wow. Yeah, nice. Started the year in the minors. Not many people know about him. He was our first round pick in, uh, I think, 2017. I'm not exactly. Yeah, 2017, he was our first round pick. Hasn't had much much success in the majors um, until this point. Started the year in the minors. Got 3.24 ERA at this point in the year. Um, striking out a bunch of batters, uh, more than he ever has in his career. And his slider is one of the best pitches in baseball. You would not know that, but it's true. I promise. His slider is devastating. So I'm going David Peterson. I will, in fact, not try and debate you on if that's true because I don't watch it. <laughs> you would not know. <laughs> I don't watch enough of the Mets to debate that. You don't watch enough David Peterson sliders to know. Yeah, I'm not going to go, you know, actually, I don't think that's true. And, like, try and bring up some random people here that no one knows about. Yeah. Guillermo is also a good shout-out, though. Good, good job. Guillermo has been very good. Um, yeah. So, in the AL... I did have a stat sip earlier, and then I lost them because I got sidetracked by Joey Bart and trying to find a splits after he'd been called up again. But Joey Bart is not underrated. <laughs> Joey Bart, I don't know, dude. Joey Bart, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this because of the ups yeah, and downs. Either, I've, <laughs> the yeah, ups and downs I've been with the with the Giants offense at this point. And I, I guess what did did I compare him to a little league offense multiple times in the Diamondback series? Of- Two weeks ago, um, and then proceed to do the same thing in the Brewers series afterwards. But, but whatever, um, he has been good, not really good. He's been good since being called up again. Like he's actually hitting the ball with somewhat of consistency. Uh, last seven days, he's batting, which obviously small sample size. But even last like a week, <laughs> even like the last two weeks. In a week. 
even if even in the last two weeks he's batting 276 uh he has an ops plus so i actually can't find it so we're not going to say anything about that but he's got two home runs five rbis in the last 14 days uh, if he was playing on an offense that could score more than three runs consistently, they would be uh, better. But he does have no protection. He doesn't have protection, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Austin wins as their backup catcher, so whatever. Uh, my AL pick and Jackson, you are interested in this. So if I'm, if this is the worst pick of all time, wait. So your NL pick was Joey? Ball, your, your no, it isn't, it isn't. It isn't. It oh, isn't. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> I just got sidetracked looking at Joey Bart's stats. Because <laughs> I saw uh, something on Reddit about it. But um, my AL pick is uh, Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox. He's batting 301. Yeah. He's got 10 homers, 48 RBIs. Like, he's been solid. He uh, rakes. He does rake. And again, I just personally love players who rake. My NL pick, I actually don't have an NL pick. So I'm just going to use this as... Uh, Oh god, what's fucking name? This this shows how much of a baseball fan I am. Is it Andrew Riley? Austin. Austin, Austin Riley. Riley. I don't know why I thought it was Andrew Riley. Yeah, uh, this good. is just praise for yeah, Austin Riley because of how good he's been and the fact that he did he end up making the All Star game as a reserve. He did. They he did. they finally they finally yeah. went up. Yeah, the fact that yeah. he wasn't well, a starter, I feel like I well, would have voted. Well, it's because Arenado and Machado like at the time of the voting were better, and then he's just gone on the tear recently. So I think it's I think it's stupid though that we're so based on positions for the bench. Like just put the best guys out there. I don't care if I Austin Riley is playing DH like in the All-Star game. No one's gonna care. But whatever. Like I think just think Austin Riley's been really good. I think he's got like twenty eight home runs or whatever. Uh but I I actually was going to uh put him as my all-star starter if he wasn't in a league with Manny Machado and Nolan <laughs> Arenado, which just makes it incredibly difficult. Uh, also, Tommy Edmonds been really good defensively, and just feel like we should always mention that Tommy Edmonds been really good defensively. Um, yeah. So one yeah. final thing before we wrap up: uh, All Star Game MVP predictions. Jackson, go first. Uh, I'll to I'll take Rafael Devers. He just hits bombs anywhere, so I'll take I'll go with him. Uh, Tommy. Uh, I'm going to go Mookie Betts. Games in LA, batting second. Uh, he can make some noise. And Jake. And to keep going with my Yankee bias, I'm going to go Jake. Stanton. I think he's going to hit an absolute nuke tomorrow. And everyone. An absolute nuke. An absolute nuke. Like 8,000 feet. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. So you think it'll be 8,000 feet. Did you see that Diamondbacks prospect that hit it five yeah, like, like, like Luis Sedano, bro? Yeah. Well, isn't he, like, not on, like, the top 30 list? Like, yeah, he's not good like... at all, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually sucks, but he hit the ball far once, so fun. So, wait, yeah. Jackson, what you're telling me is he's not as good as uh, Corbin Carroll? or No, not, not even close, actually, yeah. Not quite? N- not nah. quite there? Um. So, obviously, my... All-Star Game MVP is going to be Jock Peter. No. Um, I, I, I actually hate that pick. I, I'm happy that he's in the All-Star Game because he has been very good, very fun to watch. He's been involved in the funniest baseball drama potentially ever with the uh, with the whole fantasy football thing. But um, I, I am very happy that he's in the game. Uh, 
But I am going to go with uh, Mookie Betts. I, I agree with Tommy on Mookie Betts because of the fact that it's in L.A. He's sort of the kind of player that can put together that kind of game consistently. I, I think it's going to be him. Uh, I could also see it being um, like Acuna, uh, a couple other guys who I could see it being. But I'm going to go with Mookie Betts because he's unfortunately really good. Very much unfortunately for me. God, I hate the Dodgers. Anyways, um, before we go on a 10-minute rampage, well, I hate the Dodgers, but love Chelsea. Uh, despite the fact that they are now basically a single, single unit. Uh, anyways, anyone else have anything to add before we close this off? Oh, I'm good. Um, good to be back. Yep. Yeah. I think we can agree really on glad that. Jake didn't start talking about someone else hitting 55 ball runs. Um... <laughs> I think I'm Corbin Carroll next year. <laughs> Corbin Carroll's going to hit 55 home runs next year, yeah. Um, anyways, thank you guys for listening to the Through the Seams podcast. Uh, this is, what, episode, like, 13 or 14, I guess, unofficially, but also officially episode number one, or 2.1, if we're going, like, season two, because this is now the most anticipated season release of a podcast ever. Uh, uh, it would all. be um, 12. 12. 12, okay. So then episode 12 of the Through the Seams podcast, episode one, depending on what you think about it. Um, I actually don't know if we have the Twitter because I think it did get blocked, didn't it? So we will have to make a new podcast, tackle, a new podcast Twitter because somehow it got banned. So that's going to be in the like the description or like the caption. <laughs> it's going to be in the caption or the description of the the episode uh, anyways though thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time see you